0: Welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host Leanne Hunt and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 7 of the Knitter Square podcast. It's Wednesday the 8th of July as I record this And it's a lovely sunny day here in Johannesburg with a bit of a wind um, and possibly the chance of another cold front coming up from the coast. Um, We are still uh, in level three of our lockdown and it's not the hard lockdown we had before. Businesses are able to function and some restaurants and beauty salons and hairdressers have opened up, obviously with reduced capacity and extra hygiene conditions. And some of the grades have gone back to school, but um, mostly the the grades uh, like grades 6 and 7 and 11 and 12, because those are the grades where the children are progressing from one stage of education to the other. Um, We've got some of the early development learning centres opening up, but mostly uh, in the informal settlements and the townships uh, where we tend to do our distributions The centres are still closed because the caregivers simply do not have the resources to provide all the PPE for the children. So things are pretty slow on the Knitter Square front. Um, As I've said before, the post is not really coming in from most countries overseas. And so we've asked our members to hold on to squares and toys, hand warmers and beanies until we are more certain that the post will be able to be delivered to us. Um meanwhile, we've had a couple of distributions and um, I've got news of two distributions that happened recently for you today, an interview with Bongi and some news from Athelay as well. And I'll bring those to you shortly. Um, what I wanted to say is, I, well, first of all, I hope that everybody's uh, taking care of themselves, looking after um, their health and watching your stress levels. Because the one thing I've been consistently aware of is that people who are anxious actually reduce their immunity or they reduce their resilience to getting infected by the virus and it's so important for us to be making sure that whatever we do we stay as relaxed and as um, healthy in in mental and emotional terms as we can Um, and of course this is where knitting and crocheting does come in in such a big way because we who are crafters who love to work with our hands we know that it's very therapeutic to pick up your knitting and to sit and work a few rows and to just focus on the purpose that you're knitting for and if it's for charity if it's for the children who are um, generally suffering because of the cold and winter uh, we know that we are doing some good in the world and that's a it's a lovely um comforting thought it's also i think strengthens your sense of purpose in the world and it um it's generally just good for you to feel that your life is important, worthwhile, and um, that you are able to use your time productively. So um, I, I encourage you to regard your knitting in that light, because we here in South Africa are so incredibly grateful for the generous contributions that come from our members. We know that, you know, you put aside time and money to do your knitting and package it up and send it out to, here, to us here in South Africa. And we get donations from our members too, which are enormously generous over and above all the that, that you do. And um, we just want to thank you over and over again for what you do for the children here in South Africa. And it's a total privilege for us to be part of that work. So that said, I'm going to begin with our um, interview with Bongi. This was done on a call on WhatsApp and unfortunately the phone quality was really not great um but i on listening to it i do think that the the content is good it gives you a, a good indication of um the, just the way things are here in south africa uh, bongi lives in the centre of joburg and um not far from her is an area where she visited an orphanage and um it's an area that has uh, a lot of vacant buildings and just to sort of put you in the picture, uh, some of those buildings have been literally um, abandoned by the landlords because of the invasion by um, non-paying residents who are sort of squatting in the buildings. Um, because the landlords have um, abandoned them, the the services are no longer connected. So there's no water, no electricity, um, and the buildings are actually pretty much uh, dens of prostitution and drug drug dealing and things like that so it's very um, dangerous conditions there where a lot of the children near the orphanage live and um, many of them don't they are homeless and um, they find refuge in those buildings uh, so the the distribution that Bongi did at the orphanage through the um, organization of the orphanage, caretaker um, reached out beyond the actual children who live at the orphanage to some of these street children so she'll be able to tell you all about that and um, I'll let her tell you all about it and uh, about her experiences uh, living in Joburg and um, yeah just the, the the way things are in the in the lockdown with not everybody taking as much care as they should be. Hi Bongi, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Um, so today I'm going to uh, ask you all about the distribution that you were able to do recently. Um, I believe that uh, you uh, packed up a whole lot of things in about February or so, and then they had to sit in storage, is that so?
1: Yes, and hello, thank you for having me back. <laughs> yes, we had uh, the
0: uh,
1: blanket, I think it was them. The beginning of march I was supposed to distribute it at the end of march mm-hmm. yeah so due to covid 19 I couldn't do anything because we started lockdown in um, towards the end of March
0: okay and then um can you tell us where you had planned to, to distribute the blankets
1: okay there is, a, there is an orphanage here in jo called Malaika orphanage in in fact, it's a, it's an orphanage, but they are it's in the building. So the children are around the building, they come to the orphanage house and have breakfast, lunch, everything. Some they have their own places to stay, but it's the very underprivileged families that are living there in that building.
0: I see. Okay. And uh, who runs the orphanage, Bongi? You don't have to say his name, but um, is it an organization or an individual?
1: It's the individual, but he's, he's registered with an
0: NPO. Okay. I know that uh, obviously lockdown meant that you couldn't get the blankets there, but then somehow you did. Um, and I was really glad to hear that that was possible. Can you tell us how that happened?
1: Yeah, it's it been bothering me from in the beginning of the lockdown because I was planning to take those blankets. But I didn't tell them anyway if I'm going to bring blankets, so it was bothering me anyway. And so during this uh, cold front that happened, it was very cold and I felt the coldness. Yes, And my heart was bleeding for those children. So I managed to call my friend who has got a car who helped me to to take those blankets from the storage, Mm -hmm. and we managed on the 20th of June to take them to the orphanage.
0: Marvellous. How many blankets did you take, Bongi? Uh,
1: Eighty-five. Eighty-five blankets and some toys and um, some dresses, small dresses.
0: Oh, that's great. When you got there, what uh, were they expecting you?
1: Yes, I found the guy who's running the operation that's gonna come to make sure that he's available or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they they were expecting me. They had some photographers waiting for me, and they were so excited. Even the guy also mm-hmm. took a blanket and cover himself while he' was taking photos.
0: Oh. That's really lovely. Now what about all the social distancing and the wearing of masks and stuff, Bungy? Were they were they um look were they sort of observing those rules?
1: The grown ups they were. Mm-hmm. But the children, some they
2: don't
1: know where the mask is. they were just running around. Yeah. They were not putting masks on. Yeah. But I think that's expected from the children.
0: And, Mwangi, what can you tell us about the lockdown where you live in central Johannesburg? Is um, Are people observing it?
1: Oh, here in Johannesburg, they, they are not observing the social distancing, I can tell you. Because when you're walking around, maybe I usually go out on the, on the shops or go for a walk in the morning. Yes. But most of the people, they don't put their masks on they have their mask maybe under their chin so i think sure. they're just hearing it for the police when they meet the police they've got their mask and they are not doing it for themselves
0: are people not afraid bungie
1: i'm not afraid or not believe that there is this virus around because they they, they, they seem like they are not doing for their health, they're doing for somebody else. Yeah. Like the police when they see the policemen coming they put the mask
0: on. I see. Okay. So sure.
1: mm-hmm.
0: And how are you finding it? Um because you're you know, you've been sort of pretty much locked up in your place for a good couple of months already. Are you feeling very claustrophobic?
1: They're not really But, uh, yes, you are alone in the house with with people anyway, my child. Mm -hmm. So it's not really, but it's um, uncomfortable because I'm not used in this.
0: Yeah.
1: There was this morning we went for a walk with my friends. So we usually go for a walk in the morning around 6 with with her husband, but her husband was not around that day. So we went out, both of us. As we're walking by, we passed another flat, and there were two guys coming on that flat. It's just, it's just a, a flat with no electricity. Yeah. So, two, two guys come towards us as we're processing on our way. And they just grab us behind and they stop me. Hey, give us, uh, give us your phones, you two. And we asked them. We are not carrying phones. What do we do with the phones when we're going for a run for a walk? Mm-hmm. And I was carrying a gun.
0: Oh, jeez, that's but scary.
1: Anyway, by the grace of God, they just came back when we said that we don't have phones. We are going for a run, sure. so they just came back and walk and do for our way. <gasps>
0: Pongi, but you must have been shaken up from that experience.
1: I don't know what happened, but I was not scared at all. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Even
1: afterwards, we just proceeded and chat and go for our walk and come back home. Is that so?
0: Sheesh. Well, maybe it just shows you have a lot of inner peace, Bongi. Maybe. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because they, they were so calm after we told them that we don't have phones. Usually they can beat you with a gun or... Anything, and when we when we talk about that with the other with other people, they said you were so lucky yeah. because they usually take the takings or everything that is valuable, even the jacket if you're wearing a jacket, okay. they will take it away. But since didn't do anything with us,
0: wow. Well, I think I think that, that I mean you, you you certainly had a lucky escape, and I mean I think God was looking after you that day.
1: Yes, I believe that.
0: Yeah. So. Sure. Well, Bongi, thanks to you. We've got a whole lot of children that are much warmer than they were before you did the handout. So I'm really thrilled that that, that was able to happen because, you know, we haven't been able to do many distributions during the lockdown.
1: Yeah. So it was yeah. nice so- nice
0: that you had those blankets in storage. <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: thank you very much, Lynn. We're praying that this thing will end eventually.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Bongi the second distribution I want to tell you about is the one that Athelay did to Clarence uh, this time last week Um, it was a follow-up distribution from one that she had done last year in December I think it took place on Christmas Eve And um, she planned to go again this year to take 120 blankets to the children who didn't receive them last year. Um, The trip was very successful, and uh, I'll tell you about that a little later. But um, I'm first going to play you a clip that I took in February. So it was way before lockdown when we were all working at the barn. And um, in this clip, Athé just uh, gives you a sense of of what it's like preparing for uh, a distribution like that. Standing at the table here at Knitter Square, we've got about 10 volunteers on duty at the moment, Um, and I thought it would be nice for you to to get a sound of of what um, one of the volunteers are doing, Um, and I'm standing next to Athelay at the moment, and I'm going to get her to, uh, to share a little bit with you about what's happening. Right, so here's S and she's telling us what she's doing. I know she's got lots of squares on the table in front of her.
2: Oh, okay. At the moment, I'm actually in a state of indecision <laughs> uh, because what's happened is I have opened all the parcels that I had to hand because I'm looking for particular squares so that I can uh, make up enough for two bundles of very thick squares because we're doing 120 blankets down to Clarence, so we're focusing mm. on all the... Thickest squares we can find, but of course, they've got to be in a particular color range that we're working with to the size we're working with, so it's like a jigsaw puzzle. That's great. And so, I managed to get one bundle from Mm -hmm. um, a wonderful contributor who does, we love her squares. Uh, I think it's Mary Taffy from Kerry. Oh, Kerry in Ireland, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And then, who was the other one? You'd have to ask, us. Estelle, there's another lady. Oh, this, what's her name? Jill Lee, wait, Lee. Yeah, Jill Lee, I France. managed to, I managed oh. to put... Jill Lee from France. Mm. Okay, lovely. Uh, yes, and I managed to find, uh, from Mary Taffy in Ireland, the exact things that I needed to go with... Some wonderful thick uh, squares that Jolie sent. Oh, marvelous. So that was that bundle. Now mm. I've got this one, which is a mix of things. What, what this lovely have you got lorry. To, yeah. It's it's like a, um, dark turquoise, but they're mm-hmm. bigger squares, they're all very thick. Oh, lovely. And there's dark turquoise, some pinks. And is this and a sticker? Yeah, the top one. Estelle, who did this lorry come from again? Sharon Do you remember? B. Oh, Sharon ah, B. Bartels. From mm. New Mexico. From New Mexico. Oh, okay. so, But these are also particularly thick. I've thrown in a couple of yellows here. I nice. don't know if it's going to work. I think so, with just, the dark blue. Yeah, mm. so it just depends on what we get. And then mm-hmm. I've got the worst task of the day, which is all my leftovers from other blankets that I'm trying to figure out uh, where to put those. There's Ah. half a dozen. Yeah, and and you've got to match them. (laughs) Yes, and then we have to bundle, we have to pack, uh, we have to count and pack all these, um, uh, we've collected like particularly small toys because we've got to fit so many Ah. uh, blankets into just a a small car Mm -hmm. to drive the three hours down to Clarence. Mm. Uh, We're looking for for all the smaller toys, toys, but we're also looking for... All of a similar quality because all the kids are standing there like comparing with each other. Yes. So we're looking for that. And there were those and nice then, bears that came in. Yes, this morning. from the, uh, the that was just gorgeous from yeah. Wales. We had the uh, a whole bunch of like these IKEA bears, but each one it had, had its own clothes. little outfit. Yes, I saw made, those. So those were gorgeous. So um, and I think we're about to tackle a box from Croatia. Marvelous. Um, but at the moment, um, I know we've we we we've, we've got like maybe then maybe a hundred blankets so far and we need 120 say and that's for Wednesday week uh-huh. so all the focus is on that and I've got a client I've got to get to so yes. that's why I'm under pressure that's fine. so I'm just so thank you, all ab- those it <laughs> so was absolute pleasure okay. and then Anna's yeah. arrived so we're coordinating with her because you yes. know she does yes. scores of blankets so we're just yes. looking through what she brought in and yes. giving her thick squares so that she can make it so up you. Yes. Okay. so we we're under pressure, darling. Good, good. But you're having fun. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, it's jolly good.
0: <laughs> and of course, Clarence is in the um, in the Free State. It's a uh, rather a mountainous area, and it gets extremely cold, which is why um, Athelay is trying to find the, especially the the thick squares, as opposed to the thinner ones, which we tend to send to um, the areas in our country which are uh, very mild, like KZN and. Um, the eastern provinces, like Mpumalanga, where it um, it tends to be sort of low felts, Kruger National Park, um, those kind of areas where it's rather hot at times. So signing off from the barn. And now I have a confession to make. I recorded my interview with Athelay last week, um, in fact on the weekend, Uh, We had a lovely long chat and she was full of enthusiastic um, descriptions and lovely news about the children and when I went back to do my edit on the interview I discovered there was absolutely no sound there which was devastating and I had to message her and tell her that we needed to do the interview again. So that was for this morning and we woke up bright and early and she got ready and we had a lov- another lovely long chat where she went into some more detail about her trip down and the weather and the way the children responded and I was thrilled and uh, when I went to check how that recording turned out it was again a blank recording track. I was disappointed beyond words. I, I don't know how it happened with two recordings in a row because my interview with Bongi was done exactly the same way and it went fine. So I must really apologize for not being able to bring you an authentic interview with Athelay. But having done done the discussion twice, I actually can remember quite a lot of what she said because her descriptions were so vivid and so beautifully told that I was busy forming a visual image in my mind of of everything she said. So I'm going to tell you from what I remember about her trip to Clarence. Um, The trip as I say was arranged as a follow-up from the December one and she had uh, about a hundred or so blankets and beanies and hand warmers and toys to take with her. Now this was too much to go in her car uh, because these were the very thick blankets that she'd been collecting for ages and um, so she'd been sort of waiting for an opportunity when she'd be able to find somebody with a bigger car to go down and um, one one day she heard that uh, a friend of hers who has business around the country um, was uh, was available and willing to, to take her to Clarence and she jumped at the opportunity. He had papers and permits and things to go across the border and she was able to get a letter of authorization from Litter Square and from the chap who is in Clarence who has a charity there, um, an outreach, I should say, a Christian outreach program. His name is Thomas and he and his his wife, Sarah, are the people that, um, that Athelay did the distribution through last time. So has friends in Clarence, and so she arranged that uh, she and her um, driver friend would, would travel down, it's a four-hour trip, so it's quite a long trip, travel down in his four by four, do the distribution with Thomas, spend the night, and then come back first thing in the morning so that um, her friend could be back in Joburg for business. Um, And that was all, that was all fine um she told me some interesting uh, little tip, tidbits <laughs> about the trip down so first of all um she was in in the in the throes of of trying to pack the the 4x4 four four, her friend said no they would be able to just put all the blankets in folded and she said no 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 that's not the way you do it it's a it's a proven fact um she knows this from somebody else who had taught her how to pack blankets that if you po- pack them in folded, they take up far more space than if you pack them flat. So they they spread all the blankets flat on the floor of the 4x4, and <laughs> they were they were barely able to fit everything in. It was right up to the roof with barely any breathing space whatsoever, once all the hand warmers and the beanies and the toys and their little bit of luggage had gone in. So they packed up the, the, the 4x4, and off they went, and four hours later they arrived in Clarence, and um, it's a mountain town, it's pretty chilly up there in the mountains, it's on the Lesotho border, which is, um, and, and it's part of the sort of the Drakensberg range, so the Drakensberg mountains are pretty high altitude, the weather is cold, even when it's a, a lovely blue sky, as it so often is in winter, the um, the wind off the mountains is really, really cold, and um the children that she came across, because there are about 200 of them that had come out from the um, from the little informal settlement outside the town, they were all dressed in t-shirts and shorts, because that's kind of what they run around in. They don't have the warm clothes that many of the more um, privileged children have. So uh, she met up with Thomas and his wife, and they um, organized the distribution t- to take place on a large piece of open land that is where the church is situated and there's a hall on the on the ground as well so the children actually were all lined up beautifully apparently with their social distancing and a very neat line all about uh, six foot apart all of them bar two were wearing masks which was really great to see and thomas and his wife had about uh, four other people uh, adults there to help with the um, organization of the children but Ad said it was, um, it was quite sobering because normally on a distribution, the children come out and they're jumping and shouting and singing and doing cartwheels and really just kind of all hyper excited. Um, but today, well, the, on that day, because of the need to social distance and um, yeah, they couldn't hold conversations being so far apart, the attitude, well, the, the, the atmosphere, I should say, was a whole lot more solemn. And so they all lined up, and they had to keep the um, hand outers as um, timely and as efficient as possible. So what uh, she and her friend did was they took all the blankets out of the, um, the back of the 4x4, put them on the ground um, in a neat pile, and the toys and the beanies and the hand warmers, and then they organized a system so the children would come um, you know, along in their file, And receive the blankets now what they did was um, people went down the line handing out hand warmers and a beanie to each child and then as the as the child reached the pile of blankets somebody was there to give them a soft toy and that's that it was really lovely to see um, there was one little girl that she told me about who when she was just behind the, the little boy who was going to pick up his blanket she was waiting for her soft toy and she was given a clown a really beautiful stuffed clown and she was so thrilled that she held this, this clown up in the air like you would a, a new baby. And then she hugged it to her, her chest and gave it a big squeeze. And the smile on her face was absolutely full of love and full of delight and joy. So um, said it was really very moving to see to, to see what effect, what impact the, the, the uh, handouts had on the children. And of course, they all received these beautiful thick blankets that had been specially collected for her um her Clarence distribution she'd also made sure that she collected many of the the very beautiful uh, squares um together to to put into the bundles so that they could be knitted into very special um special blankets for these very very vulnerable children um so that was the distribution itself and I think it was um enormously moving for both her and for her friend um she had actually said to him when he dropped her off you know i'll be fine don't worry about me i know these people and you can go into town go and do a little bit of sort of shopping around or do whatever you want to do come back and fetch me in an hour or two and he said no no, no. he didn't want to leave her um so she let him stand by and help but she said within a couple of minutes she was um She was just so uh, touched to see that he had had his camera out and he was taking pictures and sending them to his family and friends. He was just so amazed because this isn't something that uh, he gets to see very often in his life, being a businessman. Um, And Ath's role was really very much to, you know, be there as a photographer. And he had said to her as they were driving down, surely, surely you don't have to actually take photos of every single child receiving a blanket. And she replied, "No, no, no! You don't understand. This is something that is so special for the for our members who contribute these beautiful squares, to see um, that these that the blankets are bringing such joy to the children. So for her, it's a it's a big thing to to take the photos, post them on Facebook, and put them up on the forum, and and just try and close the circle so that the um, so our members, so that all of you out there who knit and contribute squares and things, to knit a square." Can actually see where your contributions go so that was wonderful and she said to me afterwards uh, she said "Um, you know men don't necessarily tell you that they were moved or touched or whatever but she said men celebrate by taking you out for a glass of wine and giving you dinner so she said we had a lovely dinner in Clarence it was an early evening had a lovely dinner in Clarence and then went for a drive in the mountains and watched the moon rise so that was very very special and she said um, they set off early the next morning and came back to Johannesburg, and um, it was uh, it was just so good to know that they'd been able to get all the blankets to Clarence. Um, what what they did find, which was quite interesting, I thought, was that um, we'd all been so worried about Athelay being exposed to the virus, going out there and um, you know being in an informal settlement where the uh, the rules of lockdown may not be you know possibly may possibly not be properly observed we'd heard that there were actually or she heard that there were no um, cases of COVID nineteen in Clarence there haven't been any reported and so actually um, it was more a case of of the children and the the orphanage um, well, not the orphanage, I beg your pardon, the, the outreach program being the ones who needed to be concerned. And fortunately, Athalaya and her friend were very mindful of that and kept their distance. They weren't interacting at all. And as said to me, normally she would give the children a hug and giggle with them and play games and pat them on the head and whatever. Um, but she said she wasn't able to do any of that. And it was a bit strange, but um, these, this is the situation Uh, as as things are at the moment so i i thoroughly enjoyed chatting to eth and i'm very sorry i couldn't bring you that interview with her to you and as she told it in her words because she does such a good job of it but i hope i've been able to catch some of the um, the atmosphere in what i've told you (laughs) Um, other news, just to say that the the K-A-S-K-A-L, the Netsalong, is continuing, and Rebecca has posted um, a couple of new square patterns since I last spoke. So I finished a lovely blanket, no, basket weave, beg your pardon, lovely basket weave um, square, we did four of those, and the latest pattern as I record this is a, a mitered square. Now a mitered square is a very ingenious and interesting design. It's one that's often used in Afghans. And um, she's asked us to knit it in a variegated wool, which means that you can actually see the stitch construction very clearly. And um, the the square itself is interesting because you sort of knit the square um, almost around a corner, as it were. um, and, And so you actually get to see... The uh, the construction of how it's being made when it's finished, and so I'm really looking forward to it. I've I've copied out the pattern, but I haven't begun work on that. I've got an interesting yellow, orange, green, and white. I think variegated wool, which of course I can't (laughs) can't see the detail of. I asked the lady in the shop to help me choose it, and because I know that my other colours in my in my K A S K A L blanket are bright yellow, bright pink and turquoise and I wanted to bring in another color when I did the variegated. I wanted to try and blend in some of those colors. So those are the colors I've got so far and um, I think it's going to look lovely when it's done. I had intended to knit some gray into that blanket but as yet I haven't done so and I may actually rather prefer to put in like an ivory white um, just sort of lift it rather than um, make the the color scheme dark because I think it's going to appeal to a little girl especially with the lovely variegated wool that I've chosen um and then um other news is that I've been involved in putting together a learn to knit series a video series um that I prepared with a a company here in Johannesburg who want to do a knitter a knitter square charity drive Um, with their staff members but unfortunately many of the staff members don't know how to knit so I said oh that not, that's no problem I'll do some videos for you and we've done it sort of on an interview basis where the um, the host uh, who's, who's actually an employee at the, the company she interviews me and I demonstrates the garter stitch and cast off and cast on and all that kind of thing so that is uploaded on our new YouTube channel so Knitter Square now has a YouTube channel and I've um uploaded a couple of the older videos there as well if you uh, search for it you'll probably find it we haven't yet got links to it on the website but because it's not complete and um, we still have some little tweaks to do with the banner and the artwork and all that kind of thing but um, by the time this comes out it may well be ready and um I think it'll be quite fun, especially if you um, know of people who want to learn to knit, and specifically knit for knitter square, then in the um, the videos I do give some some guidelines on measurements and yarn and needles and all that kind of thing. So I think that's probably all for me from today, and as, as I said, um, we are... Um, there's a, there's a certain amount of uh, stress in the, at the moment particularly in South Africa with the um, number of cases of COVID going up uh, we are having to be very careful and stay stay out of circulation if we possibly can and um, so, so the, the activity at Knitter Square is pretty slow but um, we are managing to collect squares and um, beanies and things from local knitters and collect them and you know organize distributions slowly as things go along. But um, I don't think this is going to be a normal year at all for us. It's um, it's pretty much a, a like a winter period. Uh, I think I mentioned this before. It's like a winter period where everything sort of dies back a little bit. You get to go deep down underground and grow your roots and then um, prepare for the next season of the vital and vivid what what's the word vigorous beg your pardon of vigorous growth and that will come but this COVID um, lockdown period and the the whole um, stress and the anxiety and everything that is that is on our on our volunteers and on our wider community I just think you know we must enjoy the therapy of knitting because it really is wonderful and as I said the therapy of knowing that you can do something to help others. But we mustn't put ourselves under any undue pressure when it comes to trying to um, uh, work in a system that really doesn't allow it very easily. So when things open up again and the post starts to flow, we can get back to um, normal receiving and distribution of of squares and blankets. Um, And hopefully that won't be too long. So from me, I just want to wish you all the best and to all your loved ones and keep knitting. <laughs> this is Leanne Hunt casting off. You can find show notes at www.knit-a-square.com slash K-A-S podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it and you can share links on Facebook, Twitter and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together, we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children, one square at a time.